Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Praise Him. I said praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. There was a time when Paul and Silas were in the midst of the center and the core of jail for preaching in the name of Jesus. And they were chained to the wall both by their wrists and by their ankles. And it says at midnight they prayed. And then they began to sing praises unto to God. You know, I'm not sure that we've really got a hold of how powerful praise and worship is. I think sometimes we just think it's just a portion in the service. Okay, we took up the offering. We did this. We did that. Okay, let's go sing a couple of songs, and then let's go into the next thing, and then let's go to Burger King. Or Taco Bell. Amen. Worship is our heritage. Worship is who we've been created to be. Amen? We are worshipers of God. And when Paul and Silas began to praise the Lord, it says that even those in the the jail could hear them. So they weren't going, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. No, they were screaming at the top of their lungs because they believed what they were singing. They believed what they were doing. And then came an earthquake and completely them from their bondage. You see, through praise and worship, you, you and I can have chains fall off of us. Oh, you can't see those chains. You can't see the sickness. You can't see the depression. You can't see the anxiety. You can't see the tension. You can't see the fear. But praise and worship, lifting our hearts to him, will cause those shackles to fall up off of us, and we can walk out of this place completely free. Amen. And the light will always defeat the darkness. Well, praise the Lord. Do you bring your Bibles this morning? How about we get into the Word of God this morning? Hallelujah. I want you to open the book of Acts. Let's look at the first chapter of the book of Acts. And here is a testimony of when Jesus was preparing those who would remain and represent him and to raise up the early church. And he gave them all their instructions And then all of a sudden, he just began to be lifted up 
into heaven. And in verse 9, it says that when Jesus had spoken these things, while they beheld, that's those disciples that he was speaking to, he was taken up. Everybody say, he was taken up. How many you know that being taken up is scriptural? Yay. Hallelujah. Just thought I'd throw that in for free. <laughs> he was taken up into what? A cloud. Amen. And received out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men, angels, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing, gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, everybody say the same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you see him go into heaven. Hallelujah. You know, throughout the church age, even prophecies of old, they mention the second return of Jesus. And here these angels are telling them that the same way that Jesus left, he's going to come back. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look over here in 1 Thessalonians. Let's get another witness of that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. Now, Father, as we approach you today in your word, we believe that you're speaking to us. You're speaking to us here. You're speaking to those watching by the live stream. You're speaking to us through the Holy Word of God. We choose to be hearers of your Word. We'll not allow ourselves to be distracted. We will focus on what you're saying to our heart. And I believe that you'll speak to each and every one of us Amen. for a divine purpose in Jesus' name. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. It says that the Lord will make you to increase. Well, I like the sound of that. Amen? That means to grow. And to abound in love towards one another, not only to those in the church, but also to all men, those in the world, even as we do towards you. Now, what's the purpose of growing and abounding and, and walking in a, a love? Well, the purpose or to the end that he'd be able to establish our hearts. Unblameable. That's a good position to be in. Have nothing, nothing to blame us of. A heart that is unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the what? The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. Now, I've got three other openings that talk about the return of the Lord. But don't you think, you, do you get it? Do, do I need three more? <laughs> 
I said, do I need three more? Do you get it? Do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Well, I want you to understand that the Lord's return is a little bit more complex than maybe we, we have imagined. And his coming is really broken into two separate returns to the earth. He's actually coming back twice, so to speak. Now, the reason Jesus is coming back twice is because he's coming back for two separate people. First and foremost, he's coming back for you and I. And then the next time he's coming back to talk to some people that were causing some problems. Amen. The Lord's coming back. The first time he comes back, he's coming back in a cloud. And he won't set foot on the earth. But at the official second coming, he's going to step down right here upon the earth and establish his kingdom on the earth. Amen? So Jesus is coming back twice. He's coming back for two different types of people, and he's coming back for two different purposes. Amen. Amen. So when the Lord comes back in the air or in the cloud and doesn't step foot on the earth, he's coming to receive us, the church, to himself. How many of you know what we call that? Huh? It's called the rapture. In fact, maybe, have a, let's do something. Everybody stand up. I, I think we need to do a rapture drill. I, I think maybe you, you and I need to get ready to go up, okay? Jesus is coming back to catch us up to himself in a cloud. So we've got to practice rapturing ourselves with the Lord, amen? And so on three, you're going to jump as high as you can jump. And I don't jump as high as I used to, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to give it a shot. Amen? So on three, on three, not after three, not before three, on three, we're all going to jump. Are you ready? One, two, three! I can't wait to leave this ball of dirt. Let's do it one more time. That was fun. On three. One, two, three! Woo! Amen. Give yourself a hand. You may be seated. Now you know what the rapture is going to be like. I said, now you know what the rapture is going to be like. You going up, baby. Amen. Look at John chapter 14, verse 1. And I hope you guys did that at home. Don't think just because you can stay at home in your, on your soft, cozy couch, you can just sit there like a lump. Did you get up and jump? Okay, I'm going to give you it on three. Ready? One, two, three. There you go. That's better. Amen. John 14, 1. Now, this is very familiar, but maybe we'll see it in a little bit different light this morning. Jesus says in verse 1, don't let your heart be troubled. So if my heart gets troubled, that's because I'm letting it. Whole another service. He says, you believe 
in God. Also believe in me. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, take a look at this now. We're going to see this in a new light. Jesus says, if I go, and he has gone, and if I prepare, and he's preparing, a place for you, he's telling you directly, I will, or Jesus will, come again. I will come again. Yes, amen. And he says, I'm going to receive you unto myself. Meaning, that's the rapture. Amen. Yes. He's coming in a cloud, and he's going to receive each one of us from the earth and pull us up from that earth and draw you and I to himself amen. so that you can... Be with me also. Notice that Jesus in the scripture is talking to believers. See, one of, an, one of the important rules of Bible interpretation is to determine who the person who's speaking from the word of God is speaking to. Do you know that in the Gospels, don't get quiet on me, that in the Gospels, most of the dialogue is spoken to the Jew. Now, in the epistles, from Romans all the way to Jude, primarily the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to the church. Amen. So in this verse of Scripture, verse 14, 1, he's not talking to the world. He's talking to believers. Amen. And believers have a whole other relationship with the Lord than the world does. And so the rapture is that he is coming for you and I, not the world. In fact, the world already has a plan of what to say when we leave. That's why there's this such an infatuation with aliens. That's how they're going to explain it. Because there's going to be a bunch of us going at the same time. I hope my car is parked when I go up. <laughs> or at least I have a chance to pull over. <laughs> or fly in an airplane. I hope the pilot, if I'm in an airplane, I'm hoping that pilot's a sinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, we're laughing about this, but do you know that there were some airlines about 20 to 30 years ago that made a rule that they had to have two separate pot pilots, the pilot and the co-pilot. At least one of them had to be a sinner. They would not put two Christians behind the yoke of an airplane flying you and I wherever we went. Why? Because they didn't want the, the plane to go down when the, when the pilot got raptured. I mean, even the world believes in the rapture. Amen. Now, so we know Jesus is coming back for you and I. 
Now remember, we, we say each one of these returns of the Lord, he's coming back for a certain people, but he's coming back for a divine purpose. So in the rapture, when he comes in the cloud and receives us unto himself, he's coming for you and I. He's coming for the believer. Now, I want to know why. I want to know why. I think sometimes the why is more important than anything else. Because he's, he's not just coming for us to make a big show. He's got a purpose. Go to Matthew with me. Matthew chapter 24. Let's see what the purpose is. Amen. Anybody having fun yet this morning? I love coming to church. Amen. But you know, you know, I like going to ball games, especially football games. But you know, your team doesn't always win. So you're not really fully entertained. But when you come to church, you always win. I said you always win. Glory. <laughs> Matthew 24, 36. Why are you coming back for us, Jesus? Why are you taking us out of this place? Now he's talking about that day. Sometimes the Lord's second coming is referred to as the day of the Lord or that day. And remember, it's two separate events with about a seven-year span between the two of them. And he says, but concerning that day, the day of the rapture, no one knows when it's going to be or what hour. Even the angels don't know. In fact, uh, even Jesus doesn't. Isn't that interesting? And yet there's man, men out there saying they know when he's coming back. I guess they're better than Jesus. Don't get quiet on me now. Nobody knows. Not the angels, not Jesus, but who? The Father only. Now, he's going to give us a natural example of what the rapture is representing or giving us a purpose for the rapture. He says... For as were the days of Noah, remember the testimony of Noah? So will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were doing what? Eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. Now, do you notice that God rescued Noah and his family? He rescued them from judgment. He rescued them from calamity. And the ark is a type or a shadow of the rapture. The rapture is you and I getting into the boat. I said, the rapture is you and I getting into the boat. The only difference is we don't got a bunch of farm animals around us. So it's not going to smell so bad this time. Amen? But those who were left, verse 39, were unaware. 
and the judgment came and they were swept away. You see the two different comings of the Lord? One is you and I getting into the boat and then when he steps foot down upon the earth, all you all that were against the Lord will be swept away. Pretty sobering. I said it's pretty sobering. So what is the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth? He's coming to rescue us. Rescue us from what? Well, how many of you guys are seeing some pretty crazy things going on in the world? There's some people that are they're afraid of going out on the streets. They're, they're afraid of violence, right? They're afraid they might get sick. They're afraid the wrong person is going to get into political office. We should be praying for this election, people. And for our leaders, just like it tells us in 1 Timothy 2. Amen? We, the world hasn't seen anything yet. This is just kid stuff that's going on right now. It's really going to get nasty. And guess what? The Lord's going to rescue us from the worst of it. Amen. So, I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians. We'll just wrap this up right here. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Who knows, we just might do another rapture drill. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. It says, for the Lord himself. So this is a personal visitation from the Lord. He's not sending a representative. He's not sending an ambassador. He's not sending an angel. It says, the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trump or the trumpets of God. It says those believers that have already left the earth. Those who are dead in Christ will rise first. Now, they are not rising first. Their body is rising. Understand that you and I have not received the fullness of our redemption yet. We still need to be delivered from physical death. And what's going to happen in the rapture is you and I are going to receive a resurrected body. Just like Jesus has, a flesh and bone body. Did you notice that when Jesus came for 40 days, after he was resurrected and he came in his resurrected body, did you notice that he ate food with his disciples? I'm really looking forward to that. Because we're not going to have to count calories ever again with our glorified body. We can just hammer that cake and whatever else is good up there with all those carbohydrates. Hallelujah. And not gain an ounce because we got a glorified body. I mean, it's going to really get good, kids. We just got a foretaste of how good it's going to be. 
And so I like to picture what it's like from the bodies of those who are in heaven before us, what is going to be like for their body to be resurrected. For example, we just planted, was it seven, seven piles of Neil Sprague's body up on the hill there in Masonville, up on, on the mountain in Masonville. So when this trumpet sounds, the resurrection power of God is going to come on those ashes and those bones or whatever is there. And it's all going to come together and be formed into one body. And Neil's body is going to go up into the air. And while his body is going up, his spirit is coming down with Jesus. Because that's what the cloud is. The cloud is a cloud of witnesses. And they're going to meet in the air. His spirit and his body are going to meet in the air and become one. Now, for you and I, it's going to be different because our spirit's still in our body. I trust your spirit. <laughs> Let me take a poll. Is your spirit in your body this morning? You can know if you're breathing. If you're breathing, then the life force of your spirit is in your body. Amen. Everybody breathing this morning? You breathing out there? Okay, so your spirit is still, so that's us. So the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then which are alive, breathing, meaning our spirit is in our body, and remain, they shall be caught up together. Caught up together with who? The bodies of those that have left them here on the earth when they went home to be with Jesus. And we're going to all go up together and meet them not just Jesus, them. Woo, come on. Them. Amen. I'm going to meet my mommy in the cloud. Hallelujah. Yes. Her body's going to go up, and, and I'm going to see her just go zoop right back into her body. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to do what? To meet the Lord in the air. You see, he never does touch down on the earth. Because number one, he's not allowed to. Adam still has a lease on the earth. So when Jesus touches down on the earth, that'll be the moment that Adam's lease is up. And he can physically take possession of God's creation, the earth. Hallelujah. And when, we, when this happens, when we meet the Lord in the air, it says, so shall we ever be. Well, I want to know why we're talking about this. We already talked about this early in the year this year, and now this is the second time this year we've been talking about this. Why are we talking about this? Verse 18. This is why. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, when things appear to be really rough down here, and they, do, they have a tendency to do that, don't they? We can consider the return of the Lord. Yes. And we'll know that he'll keep us and we'll be able to endure, but the day is coming and is soon going to be that we're going up. Yes. It's like how we got through high school. 
I hated high school. Reading and writing and arithmetic. I hated that stuff. Hated it. But it was almost Thanksgiving. And I got a four-day weekend. So I could endure high school because I know Thanksgiving comes. And then I'm back in school after Thanksgiving and oh, I can't believe it. Christmas vacation is coming. Amen. We need to be mindful that he promised us that he would return just for you and I. He's going to make a special trip just for you and I. And he's not only going to catch us up with him, he's going to catch up our loved ones' bodies, and we're all going to have a meeting place in the sky above the earth. And there's going to be a lot of hugging and kissing. I said there's going to be a lot of hugging and kissing and a lot of high fives. And it's not going to be a drill. It's going to be the real deal. And then we can be like those that have gone before us. We can just look over the balcony of heaven at all the things we didn't have to put up with. Amen. Father, you told us to comfort one another with the belief and the knowing that, Jesus, you're coming back for us. I ask you to encourage each one of us this morning. I pray for those that have have been just full of anxiety and, and, and they've been worrisome, even depressed, Lord, that you would gird them up right now, knowing that this season that we're living is just about over. You told us, Lord, to look up for our redemption draweth nigh. Help each one of us to look up because the day of the Lord is coming. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out. I know it's the middle of summer and there's all sorts of things to do out there. I'm glad you were here today. Enjoy the rest of your morning. You've got like 25 minutes. And... Uh, <laughs> Have a great afternoon. I hope to see you back here tonight at 6 for Healing School.